Oh, I'm dying, that's so funny. Hey, good morning. Good morning, church. Christine's like, you changed microphones. I'm so sorry. We just did. Um, welcome to church. Thanks for being here. We know that you guys could be anywhere and you choose to be here with us and we're so grateful. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm dying at this mic. Okay, um, let me read scripture to you really quick since we have time. Psalm 63, verse one, it says, you God are my God, earnestly I will seek you. I will thirst for you, my whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. Different version, because we can. Psalm 61, 63, one still says, oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I will seek you, my soul, thirst for you. I don't know where you are this morning, but I tell you what, this week has been a week for me. And there is nothing that gets me excited more is knowing that I get to stand here and be here with each and every one of you and knowing that there is a God who actually pours out every single day. But there's also just something so powerful of being able that we can stand together and worship and know that no matter what we're facing, that God is going to show right up where we are at. So why don't you stand with me? Because I'm going to earnestly seek him this morning and I want to invite you to join me. Those of you who are online, maybe put the dishes down. huh? Come join us in worship. Listen, I've been that person too. No shame. Uh, Multi-purposed. But let's pray really quick. Jesus, our soul thirsts for you. We hunger for you. God, won't you come? Let your presence come. Father, I ask if there's anything in us that's keeping, you, keeping us from you and keeping us from where you would like us to be, I ask that you remove it now. So, Father, you're welcome here. Be pleased with our hearts. Be pleased with our worship. You are indeed our God. You are unstoppable. You are unshakable. We are rooted in you, Jesus. Thank you for allowing us to partner with you wherever we're at today. In your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Let's worship. Here we go. 
As the spirit was moving over the water, spirit come move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. As the spirit was moving over the water, spirit come move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. As the spirit was moving. Over the water, Spirit, come move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. As the Spirit was moving over those waters, Spirit, come move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. So calm down, Spirit, when you move, you make my heart.
Good morning, church. I'm so grateful to be part of a faith community that is focused on following Jesus. Come on. Not just rules, not just regulations, but a person. The person of Jesus Christ. We're going to remember offerings and tithes this morning. Um, but I want to read you the scripture from John. Jesus is saying goodbye to his disciples before he goes to the cross. And we all know how that ended. Amen. Right. It was good. But they were a little bit bummed out. And Jesus says, hey, I am going to send a helper, the Holy Spirit. Right. We just saying. The Holy Spirit, come, rest on us. The Holy Spirit, come, guide me. Holy Spirit, come, comfort me. Anybody need some comfort? Come on. I've been praying the Lord's Prayer pretty fervently um, because I worry a lot. Am I the only one? Come on. And, and you know, it's pretty good. You know, our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name, right? All good things. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah, that sounds great. Give me today the bread that I need. Come on. Does anybody go to bed at night and you're just worrying? How are you going to pay that bill? How are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? And God has been pushing that on me and saying, hey, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Worry is the opposite of faith. Come on. I'm a pastor and I struggle with this. Right? Worry is the opposite of faith. Jesus says this. He says, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my father will love them and 
I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Come on, I will reveal myself to each of you. Jesus promises to reveal himself and his plans to Adam and Pat. Come on. Anybody need to see Jesus for your life right now, for your marriage, for your mortgage, for your job, for your kids? Faith is us trusting God more than we're worrying about the things that's going on in our lives. Giving is a really simple way. It's hard. But it's a simple way to say, God, I trust you. Jesus said, if you give a little, I'll reward you a little. God, all I got is a little. Right? Wherever you're at with trusting God, I just want to encourage you, trust him a little bit more. Where, where can you step out? And I'm not going to tell you to give more money. I'm going to say, ask God to reveal himself to you. Maybe, maybe finances is not the issue for you. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe your marriage is great, but it's your relationship with your kids. And maybe it is your finances. I don't know. What we do need is to see Jesus. Amen? There's four ways to give, and there's also a picture of Derek. We thank the Lord for revealing Derek to us this morning. Lord, we ask that you would help us in our struggle with worry. God, that you would reveal yourself to us, that you would show us simple, concrete things to do, Lord, to trust you. Lord, we wanna follow you. We wanna do things your way. Help us. I ask it in Jesus' name. You stood before creation, eternity in your hands. You spoke the earth into motion, my soul now to stand.
we sing your name in the dark and it changes everything we sing with all we are and we claim your victory so let it Breakthroughs on our side, forever lift him high. 
face, any anxiety that we feel, any struggle that we go through, we know that as long as you are with us, we are going to be okay. You love us so much that you gave us your only son. Not because we were good, but because you are great. And I just want you to know, Lord God, that I love you because you are love. Encourage our hearts, Lord God, today. Give us something from the word that helps. Helps us realize how amazing you are. Encourage our hearts today. We love you so in Jesus. We pray and all God's people said. Amen. You all sit down.
That's me. Happy 4th of July weekend. Tomorrow we celebrate the freedom of our country. Today we celebrate the freedom of our souls. Amen. I'll take them both. Souls first. Nation second. We are blessed to live in this nation. Because we can argue all we want without getting thrown in jail. Just saying. We're starting a new series. Uh, it's going to be our summer series. I'm going to try to get some different people preaching this, the, the, the series out for you so they get some experience and you get some exposure to some of the younger uh, preachers in the church. They don't know that I'm asking them to do this yet, so this is just all new to them. <laughs> so now they're all scared. But it's a, it's a series called um, Finding Your Inner Superhero. And it's out of Hebrews chapter 11. Now Hebrews chapter 11 is a fascinating collection of men and women whose faith, faith experience with God was um, incredible. They had this incredible faith. And I believe that the same faith that they had should be the same faith that we have. That there are some incredible people in this room that have an inner superhero that because of their relationship with God, they can, they're going to overcome great things. And you're going to have great stories to tell people about how awesome Jesus Christ is. If you read Hebrews chapter 11, again, it's a fascinating chapter in the Bible. But what makes it fascinating is they're not just stories of faith. They're stories of our faith. A couple of challenges in the book. I just got to give you some summary. We got to get some summary out of the way just to give you a little education before we get to the explanation. A couple of the challenges is, is that we don't know for sure who wrote it. So it's not one of those books that we can say, I know, I, I know for sure the Apostle Paul wrote it. Some people say it was him. Some people say it wasn't him. There's all kinds of conjecture and theories and opinions. But at the end of the day, there's no conclusive authorship that we can point to definitely. So we can't say this person wrote it. But it's not significant who wrote it because the book of Hebrews, especially Hebrews chapter 11, is such an amazing passage of scripture that we just know it came from God I think there's some things we need to know that comes from God not just comes from men second thing we don't know is we don't know who they wrote it to it says it was written to the Hebrews but we don't know exactly what that meant we believe it was an audience um, of people fam familiar with the Jewish faith but that doesn't mean that they were Jews and the author seemed to know them personally. So as you read Hebrews chapter, uh, or the whole book of Hebrews, it's kind of a, you can kind of tell the author knew who he was writing to. So it was personal. I read another preacher's summary on the book of Hebrews, just to give you what, uh, what he said and what I believe to be true. Is it can be, the book of Hebrews can be broke down into three simple words. Jesus is better. I mean, if you want to read the book of Hebrews, all you're going to find out is the book of Hebrews is written to tell people Jesus is better. He's better than the law. He's better than Moses. He's better than the priests. He's better than the religious acts. Jesus is better. And we should be living that out in our lives every day. We who know Jesus Christ our Savior ought to believe that Jesus Christ is better than anything else in the world. Better than a, a, a high-paying job. Better than a low-paying job. 
Because if you've got a low-paying job, you want to at least know that there's something better than what you're doing, right? Jesus is better than a perfect marriage. Jesus is better than a messed up marriage. Jesus is better. Our world ought to be jealous of our, our lives because we have Jesus and they don't. They ought to look at us and say, why is their life so much better? Right? That's how we should be portraying ourselves. When we get to Hebrews chapter 11, we begin to see a list of names that historically have been named the Hall of Faith. And we're going to learn that while those people had um, favor with God, and they also had faith with God, but they also had faults. And I like that, this about the Bible. The Bible is the only book written by men that shows the truth of who men are. It doesn't try to hide their failures. It kind of exposes them. And that just means that God can use you in your faith and, and your faults. You're no, they're no, you read their stories and you go, wow, I can't believe they did those amazing things. But they're not any better than you are. They're very similar to you. And we're going to learn that over the next few weeks. They just had enough faith to become witnesses of the truth of God and point humanity to Jesus. So what does it mean to have faith? I think for many, faith is a system of beliefs that we just kind of mentally agree with, but we don't actually live. The things we say, I know this to be true, but I don't know it to be true enough to actually live it out. And I'm not saying all of you do that. I'm saying we as humans do that. I do that. I struggle with that. Sometimes I say, I know this to be true. I know, it's, I know what the Bible says about eating healthy, but I'm not going to do it because I want peanut butter parfaits. I had two last week. I had a rough week. My faith was struggling. See, it's something that we agree to, but it's not necessarily something that we do. I think that's kind of... The modern view of faith today. But that's not the biblical meaning of faith. Because as we study the Hebrews, the book of Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to find people who walked with God and they demonstrated their faith. They, they not only believed God, they demonstrated their faith through acts of courage. Faith to them was something they acted upon. It's something that they did. They didn't just say, I believe this to be true. They did something with what they believed. Something they lived their daily lives by. They believed God answered prayer. So what did they do? They prayed every day. They believed God's word was true. And it was the best, most wisest book ever written. So they stopped watching TV and they read their Bibles. That was free. But despite their human imperfections, this faith in God proved to those without God that there was a God. People started following God because of the faith lives of the people in Hebrews chapter 11. See, faith isn't what you say to be true. It's what your life shows to be true. I'm going to say it one more time because I want to make sure you hear this. Faith is not what you say to be true. But it's what your life shows to be true. James chapter 2 and verse 14. We're going to read just a short passage, but uh, I was going to read using my glasses, so here we go, old man stuff. Verse 14 says, what good is it? What good is it? What good is it, my brothers, if somebody says he has faith, but he does not have works? 
Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, I'm going to pray for you, without giving them what the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Dead. James believed that a faith without acts of obedience, acts of faith, acts of trust, acts of courage, was an empty faith. It was a dead faith. And what good is it? Aren't you going to be mad if you spend your whole life down here coming to church and then get to heaven and find out your faith was no good? Because you said things like, I'll pray for you, but you really didn't mean it. You just wanted God to take care of the things that God put that person in front of you for you to take care of. And you didn't act upon that act of faith. The story goes on to use uses men and women in Hebrews chapter 11 to describe the necessity of faith that has action. And if God could use them, he can use you, but you've got to have faith. And it's got to be more than just the mental uh, understanding of what the scripture says. It's got to actually be put to use. It's got to be put to action. I'm not talking about earning your salvation because it's by grace we save through faith and not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, as any man should boast. But if you have faith, it should be a faith that works. Okay, that was fun. Again, what is faith? Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 tells us that faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen what is faith it's the eyes that enable us to see the things of God and then live them faith is the eyes to see the things of God and to so believe them that we would live them Ephesians chapter 1 and verse oh, I'm going to read Verse 16 first. I didn't put it on the wall because I just read it and uh, I liked it better than the second verse I had. For this reason, verse 15, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints. So their faith in Jesus was heard of by Paul, but he also recognized it was a faith that was put to work because they loved the saints, they loved each other, they loved the Christians, they loved the church, they loved their church family. So it wasn't just a faith that said, I believe in God, it was a faith that actually worked and it was translated into a, a, a work of love. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom. And the revelation in the knowledge of him. So having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance of the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his great might? Faith is how the spirit opens our eyes to see the things of God. And then live according to those things. It is the eyes. It helps you see who God is and how amazing God is and what God expects from you and how you surrender to that. 
1 Corinthians 2 and verse 9 says, But it is written, What no eye has seen, no ear heard, no heart of man has imagined, what God has prepared to those, for those who love Him. These things God revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. The Spirit of God gives us a faith insight. So we get to see, by faith, the truth of God. So when we see the truth of God, we see that He is real, we see that He is uh, leading us and teaching us and trying to get us to obey His Word to benefit our lives but also to honor Him. When we see that, we're moved to obey that and live by it. We live by faith. We live by faith. It goes on to say in verse 2 of Hebrews chapter 11, For by it, but by what? By this kind of faith that's insight, ins, an insight from the Holy Spirit. The people of old received their commendation or their praise or their honor or their, their crowns. We can talk about those. See, faith is more than words, but living in the works that follow the words. I'm going to say that one more time. Faith is more than words. It's the works that follow the words that you hear and know. So when the scripture teaches you to do this or do that or trust God or not, you know, don't do something. The works are, I, not, I read those words and I know them to be true, but I'm going to act accordingly and I'm going to obey them. I'm going to live by them. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to obey God. I'm going to follow God. And that comes from faith. Not just believing in the word, but actually making a work out of the word. The most straightforward answer, well, I'm sorry, I should have read Hebrews chapter 11, 3, which is actually the illustration of this. And it says this, by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. By faith we understand, by, by faith, by spiritual insight that we gain from the Holy Spirit of God. We understand that the universe was created by the word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. God created the earth out of nothing. God created the earth out of nothing. And we see that. We can see that in creation. This is the most straightforward answer or example of faith found in the creation of the earth. To the evolutionist, everything evolved from something that they can't know because they weren't there. God was there. They don't know where life started. They can guess. They can use man's wisdom to try to figure out where, how it happened and how it worked out. And they may, may have good arguments or sound arguments from a humanistic standpoint. But God was there when it happened. See, they can theorize because they can only see the beginning through man's eyes. And though the theories take a form of faith, it's faith in man's knowledge. And I'm seeing in modern day Christianity, too many of us are trusting in what men say, not what God says. You're obeying according to what men say, not what God says. You say you believe the Bible, but you don't live according to that. Those, the, the, the scriptures inside of it, you obey what people say. You know what's funny? Um, their theories take the form of faith in, in and it's faith in man's knowledge. 
But even if in our court systems, that testimony would not be reliable. Because if somebody steals your car, but they weren't there, how do you know they stole your car? You didn't see it. And if you testify that they stole your car, but you weren't there and you didn't see it, no court of law is going to take your word for it. Why then do we take the word of people who weren't there when it happened, when we can take the word of the one who was there and spoke it into existence? And then base our lives, live our lives according to what the scripture says, not according to what somebody else says. See, unless we through faith see and understand the spiritual realm, I'm sorry, unless we through faith see and understand the spiritual realm that can be confirmed by the physical. By faith we can see the universe was created by the word of God and as believers we've known this throughout history. Before they had all of this smart, educated, humanistic people trying to tell us how we evolved from apes, which I can understand a little bit from man's vision, that's how that kind of... <laughs> hey, you guys throw poop at each other on Facebook all the time. <laughs> Come on now. You're just giving the evolutionists some power to their message. See, we believe that um, what we see now came from God's creative power. It didn't come from anything that was already created. He spoke and the earth came into existence. Men came from God and he formed us out of the dust of the earth in God's own image. And he breathed his breath into our bodies. That makes more sense than us kind of evolving from a whatever. Yeah, or a monkey. But you all believe it because men say it. Women came from God, forming them in, from the man that he created. And this is more than natural selection. See, men and women have this attraction to each other that we don't understand. I got in trouble last week by one of my uh, friends who said all I did was smile and stare at my wife while she was worshiping. She's hot. I can't help it. Right? There's this connection that we have when God created us that brought us together. I know. I know. little slow but hot. I told her the other day for 59 I look pretty good. I'm the most humble man I know. Just let me know. We weren't there when it happened but by faith we can see and be assured and convinced that that's how it happened. Because God said that's how it happened. Romans chapter 1 and verse 20, he says, For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made so that they are without excuse. God spoke and the, the universe was formed. Well, no, that's not how it happened. How do you know? You weren't there. God says he was there and he spoke it and it came into existence. I trust that before I trust you. Not that you're not a good person or a nice person or you might be very educated. 
But you're educated in humanistic mentality, not spiritual. God spoke and the earth was made, and it was made for us with trees to make into logs and fish to catch in nets. Or a fishing pole if you're bored, but... I'm sorry, Pat. If you have a motor that runs. We're going to pray for that, by the way. God reached down to the earth and he formed us in his own, in, own image. We're not like the animals. We're not like the animals. They don't have the souls that we have. They were made and they started breathing on their own. God breathed his breath into us to bring, put his life in us. We worship God differently than the animals worship God. They don't even worship God because they don't even know there is a God. We're not animals. I don't care what the <laughs> smart people say. <laughs> God reached down into man and he took his rib and he made him woman. And she started ruining things from then on. <laughs> Come on, tempting him with apple pie. That's just not fair. I'm teasing. Because I've been blessed by my wife. God reached into man, made a woman, and no matter what, we would be forever connected by our creation. I have this connection with my wife that did not come from just my animalistic love for her. It comes from the fact that God put us together. You're making this hard on me today. See, we can read the scripture and say we believe it, but are we living our lives in the, in the way that says that God made everything? It's one thing to say I have faith that maybe God did that, but it's another thing to say I'm going to live my life in, according to what, what I know the Bible says, but I'm going to live as if there's a God that created me and a God who loves me and a God who's there and a God who's available and a God who's loving and a God who's caring and a God who's compassionate. How do you know that? I know it by faith. And the evidence of that is the acts of, of my life that show you that I believe that there is a God in heaven. There's a reason why I, I don't skip church on Sundays. Because he said to gather together to encourage one another. And he said it, so I'm just going to believe it. But I'm not just going to say, well, I know I should go to church. No, I'm going to say he said it, so I'm going to act upon that. Well, aren't there other things to do on Sunday? I'm sure there are, but I don't know what any of them are because I'm never out. <laughs> okay, I just keep going. How do you know God is love? When we say we have faith, I, I believe that God is love. Let, let me just read the scripture. First John chapter 4 and verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. So love's from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. If you know God, you know what love is. Amen? Anyone who does not love does not know God. Because God is love. 
And he illustrated that. Here's the act uh, that he showed us. In this, the love of God was made manifest or shown among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation or a substitution for our sins. Do you believe that God loves you? Do you live as if God loves you? Do you live confident knowing no matter how messed up you are, God still loves you because you trusted him and what he did for you on, by sending his son to die on the cross to pay for your sins? His sacrifice for sins was not just for some of your sins. It was for all of your sins. And it's Jesus Christ that satisfied God in his perfection, not you. But then it goes on to say this, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to show it by loving one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God's abide in us and his love is perfected or shown in us. So if we know that God loves us, how we prove that God is love, we love others. Do you know what I'm finding in our world today, especially in this moment of time? There are fewer Christians loving each other than ever in my history of pastoring a church. We're all opinionated and then we don't agree with someone's opinion so we stop loving them. Somebody hurts us and we think we have a right to judge them and to condemn them and cut them out of our life. Amen, baby. <laughs> Babies love so wonderfully. Feed them and change them, and they just love you. <laughs> oh, that we'd be more like children. If God loves us, we ought to love one another. If God so loved us, we ought to love one another. So if I believe that God is love, my act should be that I love Pat, no matter how messed up Pat gets. <laughs> right? You're, you're easy to love, bro. Do you so believe that God loves you that you act, your action because of that love is to love others? How about people you don't agree with? Do you love them as he loves you? We believe that God is loved by faith because we live, and because of that we live by loving others. Don't say you love God and don't love others. You don't really believe that God is love then. Because if, if you believe that God was love, you'd want to love other people. Hebrews 11 is a history lesson of how, actually, how people actually lived out their faith in God. But there's a more significant point here that I want to share. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, the scripture says this, Therefore, this is after talking about these amazing stories of faith lived by men and women of faith. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, and that is those who have gone before us and who have lived by faith, who actually believed the word of God and acted upon it, who actually trusted what the word said and lived their lives according to what the word said. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Simple passage. 
We're surrounded by people who have lived this faith life out. They've believed it and they've lived it. And they've shown it. And we're going to, like I said, we're going to look at some great stories of faith that I think some of you may have experienced in your own life. But what this passage is saying is we should do the same thing. We should lay set, set aside our weight and our sin that clings so closely. That's run the same race that they ran. We should have our own Hebrews chapter 11 in our lives. Our faith should be such that we can say, listen, I saw God, I believed that God was great and I saw God do great things and here's the story of how God did great things in my life. Through their faith stories, connecting with God by faith, we're taught how to live our lives similarly by laying down all the things that keep us from living by faith. And I think one of the problems is, is you can't see your inner superhero that within you, the Spirit of God indwells you and if you just live by faith, you could experience the same things that they've experienced in their lives. For what purpose? Your faith ought to culminate in the elevation and celebration of the person of Jesus Christ. Let me give you the evidence of that. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. It says, Look, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter or finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Our faith ought to be evidence that Jesus is better. Yes. Our faith ought to be to the world that they're missing out because their Jesus, their Savior, whoever they're trusting in is not better than our Savior. Jesus ought to cause us to look away from everything else and say he is better than anything. And leave everything else behind. To give everything, including our own lives, up so that we could show the world who Christ is. Our faith should show the world who Christ really is to us. He's better than religion. He's better than getting drunk. Okay, this half of the room didn't respond. I'm going to work over here. He's better than getting high. Jesus is better than sex. He's better than being rich. He's better than being right. Jesus is better. Jesus is better. Jesus is better. Does your faith show that to the world? Do people look at your life and say, wow, why are they surrendering so much to this God they cannot see? Because they see him in here. And he's better. Over the next seven weeks, we're going to help you find your inner superhero. It's going to be a lot of fun. But you've got to find that person of faith whose life is, is, is lived in such a way that they find that they're... Their evidence in their life is that Jesus is better. Right now, let's just be honest. Let's stand. Let's just be honest for a moment. Does your life, your faith life, illustrate that Jesus is better? Not your religious life, not your... Whatever else you want to add into that. When somebody looks at your life, do they say, wow, Jesus is better?
Do they look at you and say, wow, I want what you have. What do you have? And what are you going to tell them? Jesus. I, 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 I've come to a place in my ministry where I realized that there's a whole lot of religious people out there who say they have faith, but they don't live by it. How do I know that? Because people around them don't see Jesus. And can I say something else about the world? Is The world desperately needs Jesus Christ. And you're the people who are supposed to be living by faith so they can see him. Jesus told his disciples, they're going to know me by your love. How we love people is how they're going to know Jesus. Guys, don't you want to have, don't you want to be one of those people that is written in the book? That God's up in heaven saying, hey, have you checked out Pat lately? He's really trusting God right now. And there's people around them that are saying, what's happening? And he's just sharing Jesus with them. I'm picking on Pat because he's easy and I can't pick on anybody else because I don't know all of you that well. But I want to. I want to see your inner superhero. I want to see the person that by faith is going to show the world that there is a God in heaven who loves them and gave them, gave us his son to pay for our sins so that we might have something called joy. And that comes from being forgiven and being loved. Jesus is better. We're all missionaries. Jesus is better. God, I love that woman. Jesus is better. He is good. He's the well that never runs dry. He's better than life. That's my Jesus. If you want to come to the altar and just kind of surrender your life That's to him, my yeah. Jesus. Maybe your faith isn't what it should be. Maybe you need to be honest with him and say, Father, I got some things I believe, but I'm not living. I got some things that I think are true, but I'm not sure. I've been praying one prayer all week. Father, see if there be any wicked way in me. I want to know if there's something that's keeping me from following Jesus Christ. I want to know if there's something that might stop you from following Jesus Christ because there's something in my life that may not be lived by faith. Do you believe that Jesus is better? Then are you living your life faith your faith life by not what you say to be true, but what your life shows to be true? You can do this. Guys, you can do this. You can do this. You can do this. Let's sing. Stand in faith. I will stand.
then show that love to somebody who doesn't know love. If there's somebody out here that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Savior, you're going to be separated from God for eternity. God doesn't want that. He wants to offer you salvation today. We don't want you to have it so we have a number and we can say, yeah, look at what we did. We want to show you what God's going to do. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him, who, Jesus, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He wants to offer that to you today. You just got to come to him. Surrender your life to him. Hey, listen, if your life's working without Jesus, go ahead, keep trying. But if it's not, Come and ask. We'll share the truth with you. I hope you see at New Life Church that we love you. That we're glad that you're here. That we're excited for you to be a part of our lives. Just like the people in Hebrews chapter 11. These are not perfect people. If you're looking for perfect people, you are in trouble. But if you're looking for people that are trying to live by faith, we are they. Join us on this journey of faith. Let's pray. Father, there have been people who have gone before me that have shown me what faith is. My father, my mother, who taught me what faith really was. Not by their words that they used, but by the way that they lived their lives. They believed that there was a God in heaven. They believed that he had a son named Jesus. And they believed that if they trusted in that Jesus, he would save them from their sins. And they lived with peace and joy the rest of their lives. Father, let our faith be that. Lived out in such a way that people see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. And if there's anyone in this room that does not know Christ, do not let them be afraid to come forward and ask, how can I know Jesus? Because he is the greatest person in my life. Encourage us as we celebrate this holiday, let us be safe. But let us show the people around us that there is a God in heaven who's got a son who wants to save them. And let the Holy Spirit of God inside of us encourage us to live by faith. In Jesus we pray and all God's people said. Guys, thanks for coming on your holiday weekend. We'll see you next week. God bless.
Here I am, Lord, sin. 